Hello and welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond, the UK NFL fantasy football podcast with me, Alex Brindle, joined by Lewis and Sharples. We're going to look back at week 12, look forward to week 13, but mainly react to that Frank Rag firing. I think we might have a few, a few people in our audience who are, are interested in the Panthers and want to hear what we have to say. If you do want to get in contact with us, in the pocket across the pond at gmail.com, find us at Instagram at in the pocket across the pond, and let's get straight into it. Good little stat for you. Mm-hmm. Did you know that NFL teams during the bye week since 1998, all 32 of them have a 0% win record? <laughs> and that's my impression of an ESPN Instagram post. Yeah, yeah, yeah good stuff. Yeah. That, make, that also, to be fair, to that stat, um, yeah. they have that in common with your fantasy teams as well then. I wouldn't be bringing that up, man. <laughs> I wouldn't be bringing that up to the man who's uh, top of the uh, anyway, top of the hill in the main league, top of the hill. Okay, yeah. right. Let's get right into it then. Uh, week twelve, been and gone. I think only place to start. Bills 34, 37 Eagles overtime <laughs> victory for the Eagles. Uh, they just keep winning. Knew they'd win. Don't they, Al? It was never. I don't, it was never really in doubt. You knew they'd win when they were down at halftime. You reminded yourself that the week before they were also down um, seventeen to ten against the Chiefs. I think they went. I think they went into the half against both the Chiefs and the Bills down seventeen to ten, and uh, won the game. Never in doubt. Jalen Hurts and that team uh, just have like a kind of never say die mentality. Um, surprised that the Bills took it that far, to be honest with you. Um, just makes you think what they could do if they had more than two players on offence. Um, I suppose James Cook, two and a half. James Cook's been okay. Um, but yeah, the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. Sharples, do you share that sentiment, Sharples? Uh, yeah, Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, it's looking pretty inevitable, but I think it should give the Bills a bit of confidence. Uh, if they play like that every week, they'll beat pretty much every team aside from three or four. Um, and it's just frustrating that they can't do it when you know they roll out against some of the teams that they lost to this season. Um, but yeah, yeah, the Eagles just look like an absolute juggernaut, and it's sort of getting to the point where it's like, what's the point? Because they're going to win, win everything this season. True, and I agree about the Bills. Like the the Bills are better than a lot of teams. Like. They're much better than six and like, six. They, they are. Just, they they are. They just. They've had some. Po- yeah, exactly. They've had some poor losses and just haven't. They haven't. They haven't. Maybe the thing is that the peaks are so high with the Bills. Not only in terms of the wins, but I'm talking about the roster construction. The peaks are so high with the Diggses and the Josh Allens, but it's still it's not a very well put together roster. No. It's not a super deep roster. I mean, yeah, the the. They're a six and six team with a few all pro players, but they're still a six and six team. Yeah, I true. I the, I think it's been clear this year that they just haven't been able to compete against those upper echelon teams like the Eagles. Who I mean, I know I've been a little bit skeptical, you know, picking the Forty ers and, and the Cowboys, but it's just interesting. Like again, the Eagles probably should have lost this game. Like they probably should have lost against the Cowboys, like they probably should have lost against the 49ers, like they probably should have lost against the Chiefs. Ended 31 all in regulation. Bills had two field goals missed, which, you know, in the moment you might be thinking three points, whatever. When it ends tied at regulation, that's the importance of those three points. And the Bills had the first possession in overtime as well. All chances to win that game, and they didn't, and like I say, yeah. But they probably shouldn't have lost those because it it we're, we're, we're I think we're getting caught up on the fact that we're expecting 
some uh, the best team in the league to look like Miami when they're on or look like the Chiefs in previous years when they're on. But the Eagles, they don't they're not necessarily there to blow people out. They're there to be like, okay, so we need to score seven points here. We'll go and score seven points here. Oh, we need to score three here. We'll go and score three, but we might score seven as well. There's nothing wrong with scoring the points you need to score to win the game. And though we're saying they should have lost these games, I don't think anyone was surprised that they won them. No, no, definitely. I'm just saying like the teams that they have played against have all been in positions to win the game and haven't done it. It's just sort of to me, I'm, I don't want to undermine the Eagles. They're playing excellent. But there just seems to be like a divine presence this year that just keeps... Making them win well, games and Mar- the Mar- destined... a good team though, isn't it? Winning when it's ugly. Exactly. Yeah. We always say when we talk yeah. about Premier League football, you can win and not make it look pretty. That's what they've been doing. Exactly. I mean, yeah, Eagles five game winning streak from one red hot team to another though. Browns 12, 29. <laughs> Broncos <laughs> also ride. also Let's on a five game winning streak. Ride. And they have beaten some decent teams on that winning streak. Uh Sharples. What do you think about these Broncos? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the way they're going, uh, they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, they won't do nothing once they're there, but <laughs> they keep winning, they keep grinding out results, and fair play. Again, not really been very pretty, although I think this has probably been the most convincing win they've had of the of the five or so win streak they're on. Um, but yeah, in the league, in the division that they're in, with the, the Raiders and the Chargers keep tripping up over themselves, they look like they could make the playoffs. Uh, I just think they'll get spanked in the first round, but fair play, it looks a lot better than it's done for the past year and a half. Agreed, yeah, Al. Yeah, quietly rebuilding. It's not super flashy for fantasy, no. but uh, 29 points is nice against the Browns defence yeah. that we've been gushing about all year. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they could definitely make the playoffs. Um, do you know the Colts are on a three-game win streak? Yeah, the Colts are doing great as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like weirdly, you know, really well-coached team. They've only obviously. scored less than twenty points once all season. The Colts offensive coordinator is the uh, Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen, uh, offensive coordinator of the Eagles last year. Dax Shepard, <laughs> obviously a a good offensive mind. Uh, yeah. It's a bit of a formality, this, wasn't it? Though? Yeah, Command, <laughs> Commanders it? 10, when, Cowboys 45. I know, when, when you expect the Cowboys to put up 45, it loses a bit of the sheen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I mean, nice Thanksgiving game. Uh, the offense is still rolling. The Commanders are still really bad. Um, kind of a nice, uh, a nice chilled-out game to watch, I suppose, after a much um, more tense and better game that came before it, I would say. Yeah. So it was nice to just be able to chill out, have a brew, and uh, not worry about the Cowboys. Yeah, I know. And like, I w- now to play devil's advocate, yeah, you're going to love this, Sharples. I know that I have railed on the Dolphins a little bit for beating up on bad teams, um, mm-hmm. and and when it when it comes to playing actual decent teams, not stepping up, that argument certainly can be made for the Cowboys. I'm not going to be the one to make it, <laughs> but that argument certainly can can be made. I think that can be made with the Cowboys, with the Dolphins, <laughs> maybe with the Lions as well. Um, what do you think, Sharples? These Cowboys, Dak Prescott's playing incredibly well. Do you yeah. still think that they, they can't, they're not going to have a chance? Against the four no, I, I, Eagles, I, I, legitimately, I mean, it's not even it's not even taking the mick at this point. Like, they can be great when they really want to. I just think come crunch time when they're playing against another big NFC team, probably in in the playoffs, in in the you know semi-finals or you know whatever, they're just not going to win that game, and that that's going to be the issue. And, and, and until I see it, I'm just not going to believe it. Um, but yeah, obviously, turn up mm. and put in forty-five past commanders. Yeah, we all feel great, but. When it really matters, when you're playing against the the Niners or the Eagles in in the game to get you in the Super Bowl, I just think that's when Dak throws three interceptions. Yeah, true. I mean, I can't really argue about that. Um, but I, I, I'm liking the way Dak Prescott's playing, liking the way this this Cowboys team looks. It, it just again, you build up this hope, and then and then they have you know 
they'll be against the 49ers with ample opportunities to win it, and they just won't do. But um, another game I just wanted to quickly mention as well was the Jaguars uh, beating the Texans 24-21. to Good win for the Jaguars. I... I, I, again, I'm sceptical, right? Just answer me this, okay? I feel like the record's a bit flattering, okay? Uh, some teams with the same record as the Jaguars right now in the league. The Cowboys, the Lions, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the 49ers. Do the Jags beat any of those teams, Al? I think they beat the Dolphins. Okay. Um, I think they beat the Dolphins. I mean, Lawrence... Played really well through the air. This game is what you want to see from Trevor Lawrence. You know, well, again, I think like we mentioned last year at the start of the season, um, the the critics are quick to to kind of stop speaking about Trevor Lawrence when this best prospect since Andrew Luck, you've heard his name since high school player in Trevor Lawrence doesn't play very well but they're also very quick to to gush about him when he plays really well but he did play very well at the weekend as did CJ Stroud going to be some unbelievable games in the future if they keep playing like they are doing um, you know I think the, the Texans played great again as did Stroud but yeah the Jaguars are quite a well rounded team they can run the ball if Lawrence plays like that and the defence plays like it has been doing recently I think they beat the Dolphins um, they have a good game against the Cowboys. The Lions squeak past them, and they get trashed by the Chiefs and the 49ers. Mm, Sharples, what do you reckon about the Jags? Uh, no, I'm not as high on them. Um, I think they've beat up on the teams in their division. So Titans, Texans, Colts, uh, which I think was pretty expected. Obviously, the Texans are having a bit of a resurgence. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, like you said, Colts are on a three-game win streak, but they've been shaky. I think the Jags played them before they had uh, Jonathan Taylor back, and obviously the Titans have been such a, a mixed bag and generally terrible. Um, I think that's propped up the record. I think they're realistically, I think they're a ten and seven team. Not saying they're not worthy of the playoffs. I think they'll make the playoffs, and I think they deserve to be there. But I could see them going out in in the first round. I mean, mm. That offense can look good, but it can also look bad. And if they turn up on the wrong day, I think they're going to get smoked in the first <clears> round. So, yeah, not quite as high on them as Alice, I'm afraid. True, true. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I'm complaining about the Jags having such a good record because, you know, we're living in a world where the Steelers are 7-4 and four and the Colts <laughs> are 6-5. and five. So, who knows what's going on I, in I the was, league this I year. About, I was about to ask you too if you know the Steelers' record. 7-4? and 7-4. and four. That is incredible. Yeah. I mean... Those the the Colts are going to be great next year. The Steelers are going to be great when they get another quarterback. The Tom Brady quote from this past week. Uh, how do we feel about that? The 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 paraphrasing. Uh, there's a lot of mediocrity in the league this year. This year. Yeah, this season. Um, well, I mean, if you, I suppose, if you look at it on paper and you look at the um, the the records of teams. Then you could say so. However, I think there's a lot to celebrate. To be, I thought he was talking about the whole league as a whole, um, because I think we've seen now the transition from his kind of group of quarterbacks, him, the two Mannings, Rivers, um, Ben, Drew Brees, Big Ben, um, Aaron Rodgers, R.I.P. Rodgers, yeah. We've seen that, and we've got the new kind of crop now. So I don't think there's mediocrity in the league in general. I suppose if yeah, I suppose yeah, if you're looking at like records of teams, then maybe. Um, but also, it's one of those where it's like um, there's probably always going to be half the team with um, below five hundred. Uh, just the way the, half the league uh, yeah. below five hundred, half the league above five hundred. It's so. just the way it works when you have good yeah, teams and yeah, bad yeah, teams. Yeah. I mean, did you see Alex Smith? Uh, chirp back clap a little bit. Back. Do you see the clap back? Clap uh, back, Alex Smith. <laughs> Did you see the shuffles? Uh, yeah, I can't remember what he said. No, though. I didn't see it. He said, like, Brady's talking about the mediocrity of the league right now, and he's like, you literally just won a championship like two seasons ago in this like mediocre league that you're talking about. And also... Got knocked uh, out of the playoffs last year. And, and Alex Smith went on to say... Um, he played in the easiest division in the league for twenty yeah. years. He did. It was it was pretty crazy how, you know, besides from like um, 
the Jets having a run in Mark Sanchez's first year and the Bills making the playoffs like for the first time in a million years in like 2016. Genuinely, those teams were awful the whole time Brady was there. It's no like, yeah. there's no like, oh, the Dolphins are uh, quite resurgent and the Jets might be good this year and the, the, the Bills are great. They were never good while Brady was there, mm. ever. Yeah. 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 I thought yeah. it was a bit, a bit old man yells at cloud. Personally, yeah, uh, I feel like you hear it a lot in the NBA. The guys from the 2000s criticized the 2010s. The guys yeah. from the 90s criticized it, you know, and so on and so forth. It was always a tougher league when you were playing. Um, and as some of the stuff you mentioned, I think was referring to the fact that like um, someone, someone was talking about, oh yeah, you know, Brady only had 20 roughing the passer calls against him, and Trevor Lawrence or someone has had 20 this year. It's like, yeah, it's a safer game because we don't want everyone to have dementia by the time they're 35. Things have yeah. to change. We know more about science. Yeah. yeah, we can't all be smacking everyone for every player, but also like mm. that's just for the betterment of the league in general. So yeah. I know. You know, I think yeah. we always look about yeah. things with, with rose coloured glasses, but league seems fine. There's still plenty of players. Yeah, Tom Brady's not there, yeah. but you know, yeah, true. I mean, you know, Br- Br- Brady Brady's a goal, but I mean, I think he was just maybe a bit frustrated because he was preempting his precious Birmingham City. Getting beaten by Blackburn Rovers three mm. 0 uh, on uh, the following Wednesday evening. Agreed. Um, I also think it was maybe you know Brady. He's he's heading to that booth, not the section yet. He's heading to the booth next year. Um, support Sir for Fox. I think it was him trying to stir the pot a bit, trying to see what reaction he gets. He's like, can I can I do this? I'm going to say some. You know, quite re- that people can react to a bit. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself out there as like a media personality now. And he comes out with this as the first thing he said. That's what I thought from it anyway. I thought this was Brady trying to introduce himself as one Everyone of these voices. Rubbish. Everyone is crap. <laughs> Yeah, and to be fair, if anyone can say that, it's Tom Brady. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. elsewhere in the league, uh, Chiefs looked like they were back on it. This week against the Raiders, Rams fully healthy, looking really good. Was against Arizona though, who were pretty crap. And uh, yeah, 49ers mint, just mint. Uh, any any notes on any of the games, lads? Um, it still still feels weird. Um, that the Bengals are just kind of you know like the the like in one fell swoop, the Bengals just got relegated to that crop of teams that have no chance at all this year and aren't playing anything and so it still feels weird when you're seeing them losing to the Steelers or you're seeing the Bengals fantasy players on your fantasy team or mm. you're just you're, you're listing off all the AFC teams then automatically the Bengals are no, no longer there that feels weird yeah. to me because we're all convinced just a month ago that they were back on track and heading to because they were they were yeah. my Super Bowl pick uh, to to get beat by the Eagles in the Super Bowl, so that feels weird to me. I don't yeah. like it. I like I like fantasy football and the NFL when the Bengals and jo- are good and Joe Burrow's playing. Mm. Definitely, yeah. Um, let's move on to our little categories, though. Uh, let's start off with impressive victory. Al, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers because they thoroughly beat shellacked shellacked they just no they just really thoroughly beat uh the Detroit Lions in prime time on Thanksgiving they just never let up mm-hmm. they kind of put the foot on the the throat of the Lions and just never never let off and uh, I thought it was really impressive Foot on the throat of a lion. That yeah, is I wouldn't, re- I wouldn't recommend. Pretty tough. Sharples, impressive victory. Uh, I, I had to, I had to give it to the to the Denver Broncos uh, coming in, racking up twenty nine <sighs> points ride. against a fearsome uh, Cleveland defense, like it was nothing. So, gotta give them the flowers when it's due. Yeah, Broncos. Yeah, nice. No, I, I went the Packers as well, just because, as you were saying, yeah, well, they dominated. Game of Thanksgiving against a very decent Lions team. Uh, they just look really good. I don't know whether that's just bias because you know watched all of that game every snap and it's like they just yeah. they just beat them. Oh, by the way, what I said last week about Jared Goff being able to throw <laughs> three interceptions and give the ball away but still be a great player, I take all that back because he looked terrible. Mm. <laughs> a little bit. Not buying it. Win though, Al. Giants. The Giants. 
Hey, that was Tommy DeVito. I'm doing the. I can't see because it's a podcast, but I'm doing the gesture. Tommy DeVito two and zero. Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, well, as as a starter, currently, as a starter. Well, well, he's on a two-game win streak. I should say on a two-game win streak. Yeah. Sharples not buying it. Win. Uh, Steelers don't care. They're rubbish. They've scored about hundred points all season. Um, They ain't going to be there when it matters. LeBron James, okay. like, did you see Cam Hayward replying to Le- LeBron James giving a lot of stick for comparing the Lakers to the Steelers? I would, if I was the Steelers, <laughs> I would love to be compared to the Lakers because the Lakers can actually yeah. win some games convincingly. Honestly, I don't no, really I... hype about the Steelers. They got TJ Watt. That's it. Bad team. I would... unbelievably Good... seven, what you say, seven and four. That's ridiculous. If they four. were in a better division, they would not be. I mean, yeah, honestly, come out. I would disagree. I would disagree. Hard disagree, actually. They're in a division with the Ravens, who at the minute look like the class of the AFC. The Browns, who everyone has been saying is got an amazing defence and have been playing really well all year and are heading for the playoffs. And the Bengals, who have only just lost Joe Burrow. I would actually say that they're arguably in the hardest division in the whole NFL, Sharp. So I would kind I mean, of disagree with that Steelers Different take. strokes, different thoughts. I just, I just think... They they can't put up more than twenty points in a single game from what I've seen. I just think that's going to catch them out. Like they've been fortunate, they've been in grind out games. I mean, like you say, the the Ravens are a really good team. The Browns' offense never does anything, so all they have to do is get a couple of points, and then you'll win. And the Bengals haven't really, you know, they had like two games have been good this season, but other than that, they were stu- they were stuttering at the start, and now they're rubbish again. So I think they're quite fortunate to be where they are, and they just can't put a point. Mm. So I think that seven and four will swiftly change to seven and nine yeah. in the next few games. Ooh. Okay, interesting. Well, interesting. Congratulations if you had Chris Boswell on your fantasy team. My <laughs> <laughs> uh, not buying it when was the Titans uh, because like they're so far back in the division, uh, yeah, they're going to be rebuilding, um, and then the worst team in the league, Al Patriots. Patriots. I know another team beginning with P. Is probably the fashionable one to pick. I just think that if this wasn't Bill Belichick, he would have been sacked before now. Mm. So, by that logic, Patriots. Sharples? Yeah, Patriots as well. Uh, they stink. They can't put up more than 10 points a game. Yeah, I, I thought this was a tough one. I was going to put Patriots until something happened, uh, which we'll get into shortly. Uh, and then I... Brought Panthers in capital letters. Um, embarrassing franchise. Yeah. Let's get on to the players, though. Players of the week. Uh, the guys who, who had the biggest fantasy days. Quarterback, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, CJ Strode, Jordan Love. Running back, Karen. Karen Kaz. Williams. Kaz is back. Insane back. game. Uh, Insane game um, on, his, on his return. Christian McCaffrey. Um, he is etched into this top five every week, pretty much. Uh, Bijan Robinson, Isaiah Pacheco, Josh Jacobs as well. Why do you see Tyreek Hill, another guy who's etched into this? Um, Mike Evans, uh, Rashi Rice, Devonta Smith, and Nico Collins. And then tight end, Pat Fryermuth as well. Whoa. Came back, Fryermuth. Insane game, targeted... More than anyone on the week, potentially. Like, in yeah, fantastic game back. Uh, very promising if you had Frymuth or picked him up on waivers. Um, Tyler Higby, a couple of touchdowns in that game, really nice. Sam Laporta, TJ Hawkinson in the worst game I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> and then Travis Kelsey trying to creep his way back to relevance. <laughs> In fantasy football, not in not in the real world, because um, that boy is relevant. That boy be relevant. Uh, any players stand out to you this week, Apples? Uh No, uh, I lost this week, so everyone stinks, uh, and <laughs> every day is the worst day of my life. June. Um, I, it was a good week to be fair for for fantasy football, like. 36 players scored over 20 points this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of really nice... Don't I know re- it. Yeah, really nice games. Um, you know, quarterback Allen Hurts, Prescott Strode, who we mentioned before, all over 30 points. Uh, yeah, I mean, Al, anyone stand out to you? Uh, Mike Evans. 
Mike Evans. Mike Evans, currently 150 yards away from another 1,000-yard season, making it 10,000-yard seasons to start a career. That is crazy. Uh, and he looks great, and he's the type of player that, because he, you know, he's a big guy, he's a contested catch guy, he's a red zone guy, um, I think he's going to be really good for at least another two or three years. Uh, and what a year. I mean, Baker Mayfield loves throwing it to Mike Evans, and what a bargain in your fantasy draft. If Listen, you drafted yeah. Mike Evans this year, uh, maybe it's time to um, adjust those Chris Godwin expectations. Now, obviously, if you're new to fantasy, Chris Godwin was wide receiver two about three years ago. Mm. Um, never really lived up to those heights with Brady. Obviously, had the injury and then seems to definitely be taking the number two role now behind Mike Evans. But, I mean, yeah, mm. Mike Evans. What a season. What, I know. What a, like my, I think my surprise of the year so far, and if we do an award like that at the end of the season, it's probably maybe going to go to a Mike Evans. Spoilers. Because do you know that player that he's not necessarily come, come, come out of nowhere? We know Mike Evans is great, but there was a lot of question marks about the age, the new quarterback, mm-hmm. how good the team's going to be, which meant his draft capital went down to sixth, seventh round. And like I said uh, a minute ago, what a bargain if you drafted Mike Evans this year for fantasy. I agree. I think a player similar to that in a lot of aspects, although you did have to draft him a lot higher. Uh, talk about aging like a fine wine, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen and mm-hmm. Mike Evans. I, yeah. I'm, uh, still running the I, league. I, you know what? I feel like I, this is weird to say because I don't know these gentlemen. But seeing this influx of new talent, new quarterbacks, new wide receivers, it just makes me proud and warm inside when I see <laughs> Mike Evans and Keenan Allen doing so well. Yeah, because it's like they still got it. The lads still have still got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not going to be drafting them next year though because they're old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be caught with that bag. Yeah. Um, players who didn't do too well though bust this week uh, Brock Purdy uh, every week start was he Sharples I, I said I said he was a nice <laughs> glass of Horlicks but sometimes someone can spit in your Horlicks and that was this week that's a sour milk Horlicks I'd say you didn't mm. check the date of the milk mm. um, Austin Eckler we did talk about Tank Eckler last week um, we did mention his name what did we say about him that he just looks like a tank, but not in a good way. He's running really slowly. Running really slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he had a bad game. He had a pretty bad game. Uh, Tua had a bad game, but then it was the Jets. He, he didn't really need also, to do all that uh, much. F- fun fact, um, both of those quarterbacks you mentioned are on my roster, hence why I lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, well, yeah. fun, fun fact, those two, those are my two starting running backs, Eckler and Barkley. But thankfully, I have my... <laughs> Thankfully, I have Mike Evans, so I won. And you probably. <laughs> Lee. The Lee catches some strays. I don't even know if he listens to the podcast. Hey, he's got like 70 points this week. You could have played me, and you'd have won. This is a wild how, how you know unrelatable this is to anyone listening who doesn't know Lee. <laughs> oh, I feel like everyone, everyone really in the heart, they know who Lee is. You know Lee. Yeah. Do you know Lee? Write in. Write if you in know, if you know Lee. Lee. Joe Mixon had a pretty poor game as well. Uh, I think this is, you know, we're changing expectations for this Bengals offense, really. You know, I mean, Jamar Chase had to catch two deflected passes. You know what I mean? On his way to three receptions. Yeah. So, we'll change the expectations of this of this Bengals offense. Geno Smith, pretty, pretty awful game. I mean, he has, doesn't really have much hope in the next few weeks either. Um, Adam Thielen, your prince, Sharples, your yeah. prince charming. Do you know what as well? Uh, obviously this last game was was a complete disaster, but he's still getting the targets. Like he's, he's not been anywhere near as good for the past four games, but he's still getting between eight and 11 targets. So I would still keep the faith. It's just this week was an absolute disaster. Of course, yeah, of course. Uh, this next... Per is, is is crazy. The Rams put up thirty seven points, and Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup were absolute busts. Well, it's because Kyron Williams got everything. Kyron Williams got everything. Uh, yeah, he, he's uh, Matthew Stafford threw four uh, passing touchdowns, none of which two wide receivers. Amazing stuff. He's making up. He's making up Stafford for the first half yep. of the season where he threw like <laughs> none. 
Uh, George Kittle. Higby, Higby and Karen. Yeah, both had Higby two. went yeah. off. I meant Higby last week, not the week before. Okay. Yeah, uh, of George Kittle, we know what Kittle is. Uh, boom bust. Mac Jones scored minus points again. Amazing stuff. Dalton Schultz, tight ends, you know what I mean? And then Josh Dobbs, shout out to Josh Dobbs, four interceptions. Wowee. Did he look bad? All this chirping about, oh, maybe maybe let's uh, let not Kirk Cousins go not, and keep this guy. Not going to merge with those numbers, pal. Certainly not. <laughs> uh, it, was also, uh, it was also a shame to see finally... A bad game from Chet Johnson. Chet Johnson. What? Oh yeah. So I just wanted to get the Chet Johnson in this week. No, but the, the thing, <laughs> the thing is with Chet Johnson, a bust game for Chet Johnson is like twenty-five points. Yeah. So mm. you know, mm. you'll still sort of take that anyway. Uh, heading to the booth, Al. Um, I think you've got the best one this week, Lou. I'll let you take it. Well, f- sort of. I- Hand was forced this week. Heading to the booth is obviously Frank Reich, but again, I'm going to leave that until the news section. Uh, Frank Reich is heading to the booth, though. Al, how did how did specifically my picks perform this past week? <laughs> well, you two bailed me out. You did bail me out. I had I had a miss with Fields and my beloved DeAndre Swift. Uh, Isaiah likely eight points. Not really. Um, the game that we were hoping for. It just so happened that Zay Flowers finally broke out. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Josh Downs, 9.3 with 13 targets. 13 targets for Josh Downs. Uh, not not often do you see a player with more targets than fancy points at the wide receiver position in a PPR <laughs> league. Um, but <clears throat> Sharples got, you know, hit. Right out of the gates with Jordan Love. That was that was a nice endorsement of the podcast before the Instagram pulse even went yeah. out. Got followers in the pocket across the bond at Instagram. Um, Rashad White, Dell, and Taysom Hill, all with nice games, especially Tank Dell. I was surprised Tank Dell only had seventeen Ta- uh, points. Tank Dell points. It seemed like a every sixty-yard play yeah. chalked <clears> off <throat> that was absolutely ludicrous. Like pretty yeah, much his first catch yeah. of the game, and that was pretty much half his yeah. points that I needed. I was yeah. Really I, I mean. He still had a really nice game, but it felt like every time Red Zone went to that game, he, he was he was making a ludicrous yeah. catch. Um, but Lou, <clears throat> yeah, Evan Engram, 9.9, you'll take it. But Pittman with the 20.7 hit. B. John Robinson, 27.3, finally a big hit. And uh, Lawrence with his best game of the season as well. So Lou, not only two nice hits there, but in Lawrence and B. John Robinson, two best games of the year as well. Well done, Um what what what's your thinking behind that? How did you know that they were going to have the best games of the season? Uh, didn't Sharple say something last week about tea leaves or something? <clears throat> yeah, brewing tea, trying to make the same joke. Ah, uh, <coughs> you've been on the lap sang, have you? <laughs> yeah, it was just excellent fantasy analysis, really, on my behalf. Um, really, you know, just just textbook uh, shrewd. I would class it, and obviously there's certain things we can say on this podcast. Um, you throw enough feces, some of it sticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Listen, it's there's always an element of chance in this. We just try and prepare the best way to give ourselves the best possibility to succeed, uh, and this week it worked out mm-hmm. um, in ways that I thought it was going to... Yeah. Uh, Decent week. Can I say that my head into the booth is actually Matt Ryan? It should be called staying in the booth. Staying because in the booth. for some reason, every time someone needs a quarterback, Matt Ryan's name gets brought up, and it's like, why would you ever do that to your team? <laughs> so you're staying, staying in the booth, Matt Ryan. Stay. Stay. Lock the booth. It's for your own good, mate. Lock the booth and fire it into space <laughs> with Josh Dobbs. Yeah, that'd be safe. That'd be safe. That'd be, safe. That'd be a safe flight. I'm not. That's what I mean. I mentioned Josh Dobbs in that because I, I, you might have thought I was being a bit ruthless there, saying lock the door and shoot him into space. But with Josh Dobbs, all safe and sound. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. I don't know if he does though. Maybe, maybe the, the, the trick is maybe he's just tr- this can, is inconsistent with everything he does. <laughs> the maybe they were sending him. No, to no, the no. What, what Josh Dobbs could get to the moon if. NASA didn't teach him anything and just threw him in there. He would get to the moon. <laughs> if he spent 10 years researching with NASA, he'd mess it up. Yeah. This guy only works good on the fly. Where would he end up? 
Uranus. Uranus. He'd end up in he'd end up <laughs> Uranus, yeah. Very good. Very good stuff. Um Injuries though. Let's get into the injuries. Uh, a couple of well, one very big one, very recent and unexpected one. Um We'll start out with, with Chris Olave ruled out of the Saints game in the third quarter with a concussion. Keep an eye on that. We know the deal with with concussions. I think, as far as I know, if only only one person has has actually made that week turnaround on a concussion and, and, and played the next week. Um, can't remember who exactly. Might might have even been Tank Dell. But uh, so I would say plan for Chris Olave to be out. But if he's in, fantastic. Same game, Raheed Shahid, if you were sort of playing him in a deeper league, uh, he was ruled out with a thigh injury, so he might miss some time with that. Amara Cooper was ruled out of the Browns game with a rib injury. X-rays have come back negative, so just keep an eye on him. Um, Donny Tomer. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Um, was also ruled out after, after a brutal hit. Did we see this hit? Pretty... Uh... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was ruled out of that game. Not surprised. Um, it was a Bobby Boucher hit. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the big news that came to us um, on Tuesday night: Jonathan Taylor is set to undergo thumb surgery after an injury, the injury that he suffered this past week against the. He's Bucks. Going to the same place that Kyler Murray went. <laughs> <laughs> Too much gaming. Too much gaming. Yeah. Uh, looks like he's going to be out multiple weeks. No decision on his reserve yet. Gutting Taylor was just getting rolling. Uh, if you've got Zach Moss, congratulations. Well done. If Zach Moss was out there on waivers and you managed to pick him up, congratulations as well. We'll finally also, get to see a real running back again. Yeah. Also, <laughs> if you drafted Jonathan Taylor and picked up Zach Moss after week three and stubbornly kept them both on your roster, you're in the money. <laughs> Vindicated. Well done, yeah, Shackles. Yeah. Well, I, 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 genuinely, Zach Moss genuinely, end the season like a top ten running. How, genuinely though, because there isn't like this isn't like a, a there isn't a bad answer to this because obviously why would you keep hold of Zach Moss if you didn't need him? How were you ever close to dropping Zach Moss? Yes. Uh, for example, if uh, Adam hadn't snatched up all the good tight ends this week, I probably would have dropped him for. Uh, um, who was the fellow that he picked up? One of the two he picked up, Juwan Johnson. Fry move, um, Johnson. Oh yeah, Johnson. I was close. There was just in the back of my mind. I, I felt like I had a good start in team, and I was like, if Jonathan Taylor goes down, who else would I pick up? No one else. So I just thought I'll keep him there, uh, and yeah, thankfully it makes it it makes it a rational decision. But no, I was very close. It's just the stars didn't quite align. There was no uh, no uh, thought behind it as well. There shouldn't be because it's like you can't bank on an injury like. Taylor was exactly. smashing it, Zach Moss was doing nothing. I've just got very lucky. Exactly. Yeah. Well done, Chapels. You Thank lucky you. sod. Lapsang. Uh, <laughs> news, though. This is, I mean, a bit of a hefty one this week. I'll start with some news that we might have just missed last week. Steelers fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Um, you know what? To be fair, you could see that change in personnel immediately. Um, it, it did have an immediate effect on the team. It it unlocked this offense. You know, they went for four hundred and twenty-one total yards, the most in a game all season, uh, and only mustered sixteen points. Yeah. So, still lots to be done in 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 Pittsburgh to to make that a competing team. Really, um, mm-hmm. you can say all you want about whoa, look at all the yards they scored sixteen points. You need to be doing something with those yards. Okay, so the Panthers fired head coach Frank Reich. Uh, one and ten start, one and eleven. Sorry, was it uh, one of awful start? Uh, I'll let you guys have a word about this in a second, right? I, I just why they've looked crap. Yeah, they have looked rubbish, right? But yeah, they haven't been putting up much of a fight either. To be fair. Um, several game management issues, which is on the coaching staff as well. A bit of like hot potato with the play calling as well. But again, I'm going to bring up what I my answer to the email question we had several weeks ago. What are they expecting this team to do? Like, I know whatever you were expecting as a Panthers fan, as a Panthers coach, owner, whatever. I'm sure you were expecting better than what they. Are currently at 
than what they're currently doing. It's not an optimistic sight. But at least give this regime a full year. Like, you know, 11 games. They've got a rookie quarterback. Like, a rookie quarterback who, you know, by all accounts wasn't this coaching staff's first choice. It's well documented that they preferred Stroud. Irrelevant, though. Whatever. Let's make it clear, right? CJ Stroud is an outlier. CJ Stroud and the Texans, they are outliers for a rookie quarterback. Most rookie quarterbacks look a lot more like Bryce Young does than CJ Stroud, right? I feel like this coaching staff has just seen the Texans and the Colts and thought, well, they're doing really well right away. Why aren't we? Why not let them just see out the season and build something? Dan Campbell with the Lions, his first season... 3, 13, and 1. Sean McDermott, with his first season with Josh Allen, was 6 and 10. Kyle Shanahan, in his first two seasons as the 49ers head coach, was 10 and 22. Sometimes teams, quarterbacks, they need time. It doesn't work out immediately. This is just signs of a very poorly run franchise who are going to be crap next year, whoever they get, and they're going to fire them as well. Mm. Al, what do you think about this? Uh, I mean, well, luckily this this isn't going to be a contentious topic with our listeners. Um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree. I, I don't really know what you were expecting. I'm not sure what firing Frank Reich now does. You know, give him a season, and, and if you think it's truly awful at the end of the season, then kind of get him then, unless they want to just try and get a head start on the coaching uh, hiring, because you know that when all the jobs are open in summer, no one wants to go... Carolina um, but yeah again what were your expectations did you think you were going to make the playoffs no no one did um, so yeah the CJ Stroud thing he, he's in the MVP conversation not just the offensive rookie conversation so that's clearly um, a complete outlier I don't think this is as disastrous as a season, of a season as uh, well as um, not maybe not disastrous isn't the right word but maybe um <sighs> Uh, I can't think of the word. You're thinking about the word. I'm thinking about the word. Keep thinking. Controversial. Controversial. (laughs) Of a season as, let's say, Urban Meyer's season in the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, And Frank Reich's more of a proven coach than someone like that idiot who was at the Broncos last year. Um, (laughs) So um, I'd have probably given him, you know... The season, just give him a season. But I, yeah, I mean, you're not surrounding him with any, with Bryce with any talent. Your roster's awful. What do you think? Someone's going to come in and all of a sudden start winning games? It just feels really quite a pointless exercise. This um, and 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 it renders the rest of the season pretty pointless as well. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I mean Frank Reich. I don't feel too sorry for him. He's getting paid twenty two million. Uh, oh yeah. Doll hers over the next few years, so he's sitting pretty. But yeah, Sherpas, what do you think? As as one of the three spokesmen of the official Panthers fan podcast, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I do think I have to hearken back to that question that we had, where it's like, you know, will will the GMs ultimately go? I mean, yes, I think they'll go at the end of the season, but obviously, when results aren't going the way, the GMs' first resort is to fire the coaching staff, which is what they've done. Mm. But I don't think they'll be safe from the wrath by the end of the season. However, there is a difference between being one and ten and being four and seven. Like there have been winnable mm. games this season that they haven't won. I harken back to the Bears, Titans last week. They lost to the Giants opening week of the season. Lost to the Cowboys somehow. I mean, if you win those games, you know it, it looks a lot better and there are signs of life. So the fact they haven't done that, I do think there is support for that. But equally, I think it's just the, yeah, the the, the senior management just passing it down. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they're they're a little bit rotten to the core. This organisation, I don't think they've got the right people in in senior management. I don't think they've drafted the right pieces. I don't think they made the right trades. I don't think they've renewed the right contract. And it is catching up to them. And I think it's going to get to the point where they have to because Brian Burns is going to want out. Some of the good players is going to want out, and they'll left mm. they'll be left with nothing. Um, but yeah, right now I think it's just the GM making a decision just to prove to ownership that he's doing something. Uh, but yeah, I think he'll be out on his ear by the end of the season as well. Well, well, I mean, it feels like it was David Tepper, the owner, who eventually made this decision. 
Uh, and unfortunately, he is the problem, and you can't fire him because he owns the team. So mm. Mm, true. I, I yeah, exactly. I know what you're saying. Like by no means am I saying, yippee, this is a great season for the Panthers. I'm not saying that at all. This just feels like a knee-jerk reaction. It feels like they've just seen that the record is one and ten and gone right. We need to fire people, regardless of of the context of where this organization is in rebuilding. But that's our opinions on that mm-hmm. the crap aren't they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in other news Justin Jefferson designated to return from injured reserve they're on bye this week should be back after the bye and then Aaron Rodgers uh, activated w- aiming for a week 16 return I will eat a bucket full of hats <laughs> uh, there's those there's those videos on Instagram of like Aaron Rodgers throwing in practice and like an emoji of like someone's brain exploding. It's like the last time I checked, your Achilles was in your leg. This is yeah. why, why is yeah. he, why uh, is him throwing? Why we why need to is check him that with Chris. such a? We need to check that with Chris with, Amstrife. We need Official, to check that with Chris uh, Amstrife. I, I did I did agree upon this with Chris. He didn't he didn't say no to this at all. I did agree that Chris Hamstry is the official injury expert of in the pocket mm-hmm. across the Good. pond and we're not paying him even like he's paying to be on it um but yeah that like you can't believe he's throwing well yeah there's nothing wrong with his arm what do you mean i, I got i was i was a <laughs> bit like i i whenever i saw videos like that i was like am i missing something here because like yes i get that like standing up on your own weight and sort of you know bouncing a little bit and sort of making that motion to throw is is relatively impressive, yeah. but when he's just stood still throwing a ball, it's like, I mean, he's not kicking yeah, it. I mean, you, you've heard you've heard people who hate Zach Wilson say that you know I'd rather have a one-legged Aaron Rodgers than, <laughs> than a two-legged Zach Wilson. But the Jets are really going to put that into practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's. Uh, yeah. I mean, look out for that. I yeah. guess look out for that. Okay, week 13. Ooh. Unlucky number 13. Um, <laughs> teams on by this week. We'll start with teams on by. Hold your horses. Forget about it, man. Because the Ravens, the Bills, the Burrs, the Raiders, the Vikings are all on by. That's too many teams. Luckily, just don't tell him to hold the horses uh, again, though, because he's, he's got Russell Wilson by the scruff of the neck here. <laughs> Let's ride. There's too many teams on by. Um because even the Reds and the Giants have fantasy relevant and the Bears have fantasy relevant pieces. That's too many teams on by NFL. In we're week com- 13. In week 13. Wow. We're complaining that's why they call it week 13 unlucky week 13. Um yeah. anyway, let's look ahead to the fantasy weekend with the forget about it section of the podcast. Forget about it. So these are the players that we're not going to speak about in our projection beaters, but you're putting them in your fantasy lineups no matter what. At the quarterback position, it's Prescott, Hurts, Mahomes, Stroud, Herbert. Forget about it. Running back, McCaffrey. We're sticking with Eckler, even though he's pretty slow these days. <laughs> Kamara, ETN, Gibbs. Forget about it. Wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, Keenan Allen, Amara Brown, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, Jamar Chase. Forget about <laughs> it. There's a lot of names that we could be putting in that wide receiver section. However, it just goes to show you how inconsistent or disappointing some people like a Jalen Waddle and a D.K. Metcalf and a Debo Samuel and a Chris Olave have been on the whole that I don't think. They're the elite of the elite, and that's what I forget about it, sir. But anyway, I digress. Tight end. Kelsey, Kittle, Laporta. Forget about it. And that's the forget about it. Thank you, mate. So yeah, <clears throat> we have not we've not done that bit in a while, have we? But it being an actual man. What do you mean? He's an actual man. We just <clears throat> I, I I just thought he's a bit like you know we'll we'll just we'll just gesture him and be a bit more professional about it. Oh, we pay him so much more. Than Chris. Okay, so much more than Chris. Yeah. Um, projection beaters. 
players this week in week 13 that we think are going to outscore the ESPN projections by four or more fantasy points. Hopefully we can decide some start-sit decisions for you this week here. Let's start at the tight end. Let's get it out of the way, Sharples. Um, You're actually going to hate me for this one. Uh, I hate myself for it. Uh, I was struggling at tight end. I really didn't see anything I like. Um, And so I went for the old strategy, which I went for when I first started picking Taysom Hill in that they need to score negative points for him to be a bust. So I went for Adam Troutman, tight end of the Denver Broncos, lining up against a Houston Texans team that's given up the second most points to fantasy tight ends. He's projected a mighty 3.7 points. And so as long as he does something, I'm okay. Like no, 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 but, but no, this it is in, is in poor form, form because <laughs> even if it's even if it's my it's less than minus four, if he gooses, it's still a miss because he's goosed. And you picked Adam Troutman in week two, and he goosed. Yeah, but he's projected three point seven. So as long as he doesn't get minus zero point three, technically he scored he scored under the four point threshold. Thank you. No, Listen. no, no, but, but if he scores zero points, it's a goose. So it's still a miss. Since when? <laughs> Since right now, you're not picking Since players who can score. Oh, zero. Well, I mean, right. I think, I think for everything, one, for everything, just in the world, if you know, if you're spiritual, if you're religious, if you're whatever, everybody, please pray for Adam Trayman to yeah. get a goose. Yeah. God. Right. Um, I'm gonna go with David and Joku. Tight end ten on the season. The Bros tight end. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson loves throwing the ball to him. Have we got news on whether? Dorian Thomas Robinson's playing this week. Check that for me, Lou, because that would ruin my pick. Um, show me another tight end with 33 targets over the past few weeks, and I'll show you a big fat liar. Mm. Or someone who is showing me a picture of Travis Kelsey. Uh, anyway, Njoku is super involved. The Rams, who he's playing, are a real plus matchup for tight end. So Njoku has a safe floor this week and a pretty high ceiling as well. Lou, just telling us about the DTR news. Dorian Thomas Robinson currently... Uh, being evaluated for a concussion again, we know about concussions. Joe Flacco has oh. been named quarterback two. Uh, Super opening, Bowl MVP yep. Joe, pa- Joe Flacco <laughs> opening the door for him to start against the Rams. So might be an all right decision either way, Al. Yeah, well, Super Bowl MVP Joe. Yeah, um, Luke Tyant. I'm gonna go <clears throat> Dalton Schultz because that's what I called him the last time. When it was the Halloween episode. No, it's not Halloween, mate, anymore. <laughs> Projected 8.7 this week. Coming off an absolute stinker versus Jacksonville. Recorded just one catch for two yards. This week, facing Denver, who have given up the most fantasy points to tight ends this season. Uh, and in the last two times that Schultz had really poor games in weeks three and week eight, he followed each of those up with three solid weeks on the bounce for fantasy. So... I'm expecting him to get back on track this week, like he has done in the past. Mm. Running back, Sharps? Uh, I've gone for Isaiah Pacheco this week, running back for the Chiefs. Projected 13.9 points, coming up against uh, a Green Bay team that's middle of the road to not very good at defending the run. Um, I just think it's a relatively low projection, considering that he went off last week against Las Vegas. Um, he's been getting a lot of carries past three games, 16, 19 and 15 respectively. Um, decent bit of receiving work, uh, depending on the game. I just think 13.9 is, is a low projection, and so I think it's quite beatable. And I do think it should be a relatively open game if Jordan Love comes out slinging like he did last week. So I think there should be a lot of points available, and that's why I've gone for Isaiah Pacheco. Nice. I'm going to go Ramadre Stevenson, projected 15.5. This is the Chargers. Uh, Stevenson's been on a wee bit of a tour recently. You know, he's he's the running back 10 since week 9, and he's had a bye week in that time. You know, so PPR, he's fourth in that period. Um, so he's been playing really well. 19 fancy points a game is what he's averaging. And, oh, he gets to play the Chargers this week. He can't stop anything. Uh, 15.5, that's a modest projection for Mr. Stevenson. You know, he's like I said, he's averaging that 19 points over the past three games, and now he gets to play arguably the worst defence of the lot. So sign me up, Ramandre Stevenson. The Chargers can really successfully stop one thing, though. Winning? No, no, Justin Herbert's uh, oh. en- enshrinement in Canton. Good, 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 good. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm going to go with the running back of the most on-fire offense in the league. That's right, Najee Harris <laughs> for the Steelers. Projected 12.9. Uh, I'm not really buying the semantics of who's labeled the starter in the backfield because, you know, we know what this is. It's a two-headed monster of Harris and Warren, and that reflects in the numbers over the past three weeks. Harris has seen 69 opportunities. Warren has seen 61. <clears throat> Both of a fairly even share uh, of rushing and receiving work. Warren had, you know, for the most part of the season, been the more efficient of the two. But even with Warren's steady workload increasing as the season's gone on, still hadn't eaten into Harris's workload, actually. And in, in fact, it can really be seen as this team starting to make this running back timeshare the focal point of the offense as opposed to one taking over from the other. Um, and with Kenny Pickett, a quarterback, who can blame them? Mm. And with the firing of Matt Canada, um, a pretty favorable schedule in the upcoming weeks, uh, I expect this running game to, to keep absolutely rolling, uh, especially this week against the Cardinals team who have given up a ridiculous 174 rushing yards per game over the past three games. Um, as well as a monster performance this week by Kyron Williams. They just gave that up. So, Kaz, yeah. you know, Kyron, should I say sorry, mispronounce your first name, Kyron Williams. Uh, last week, bit of a benchmark for Harris. Uh, certainly his most efficient game of the season and uh, came out of it with his highest rushing yardage total of the season so far. 99 yards, just one yard shy of that century mark for a game. I do think that Harrison Warren can both have decent games here really uh, I, I'm just choosing Harris because I think out of the two people are definitely more sceptical on Harris so I want to give people confidence to start him in this game keep the momentum going from last game for him at home against a very beatable defence well I mean Najee Harris was just being unselfish there because the universe would implode if he got a hundred rushing yards Sharps what about your quarterback uh, quarterback I've gone for Jared Goff uh, quarterback Ooh. of the Detroit Lions, uh, projected what I think is a measly 15.5 points. He's up against a decent defense in, in the Saints. Uh, no slouches, but I just think if his past few games, if we can just tighten up on the interceptions and fumbles, like against Chicago, he had three interceptions. Against Green Bay, he had three fumbles. He's throwing at least two touchdowns a game in the last three. He's throwing a, a good number of yards. He's probably averaging nearly 300. I just, I just think it, this Lions offense is getting to the point where it's, it's one of the ones you really want to target for for these projection beaters, and the Saints can be a good defense, but they've not been quite as good as they previously have been. I think there's going to be points in this one, and I just think fifteen point five is the low projection, uh, so that's why I've gone for Jared Joff. Mm-hmm. I've gone for Tua, projected eighteen point three at Washington. I did find this uh, quarterback category tough this week. Um, I don't love how Tua has been playing this season. He's especially been pretty crap since week three. Um, but I do love this matchup. Washington isn't exactly amazing at stopping the run, but they are really bad at stopping the pass and allowing fantasy points to quarterbacks. Um, the last in the league, in fact, and second worst against wide receivers for fantasy. So I think it's the sort of matchup that decides start set decisions. So you're starting Tua this week um, in what should be his best game in a while. Lou? I'm going to go with Sam Howell, projected 16.5 points. Listen, right, to be fair, he can sling it, right? I'm still very sceptical of him as a guy that you build a franchise around, but he he does have the ability to move the chains uh, in the passing game against anyone, really, mainly because of the sheer volume at which they ask him to throw the ball. Uh, Exemplified this past week, uh, when Howell did something that no other quarterback has actually come close to doing all season, and that is pass for over 300 yards against the Dallas Cowboys. No one else has done that or even sort of come close to it. Um, I do think, yeah, this commander's team is pretty rubbish, but that passing volume is provided a safe floor for Howell for fantasy football. In fact, he's scored less than 17 fantasy points just three times all year. Um, and I expect that volume to continue this week as he faces one of the most explosive offences we've seen in, in quite a long time in the Miami Dolphins. So yeah, Howell is probably going to throw the ball about 50 times in this game. 
Uh, defensively, Miami, middle of the pack uh, in terms of passing yards and passing touchdowns given up. Uh, this game has the biggest over-under of the week at 50.5, and for good reason. We know, as I said, the Dolphins can put up serious numbers, and as the odds predict, if the Commanders want to stand a chance of staying in this game, they're going to have to put the ball in Hell's hands and ask him to throw it an awful lot. Nice. Uh, Shrapples, is your wide receiver? Uh, risky one, but I've gone for Lewis's best friend, Calvin Ridley. Uh, projected <laughs> 13.5 points against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, another middle-of-the-pack defence. I just think these two last games, uh, 32 and 22 points respectively, they've, they've really sort of been making an effort to target him. Uh, 15 points in the in, sorry, 15 targets in those last two games. I think sort of really since the since their bye week, uh, although they had a bad game uh, against San Francisco. But yeah, th- these last couple of games, it really feels like they're making a concerted effort to get him um, into the offense. He's had three touchdowns over his past two games. I just think he's he's on course for another big one. I think it's a low projection, 13 and a half. I think you're going to start seeing the projection start to rise as he gets more and more involved. And so I'm hoping to, to cash in on him while he's still quite low down in the rankings. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Calvin Redley this week against the Bengals. <clears throat> nice. I'm going to go Terry McLaurin against Miami projected 13.5. This was another category this week that I found hard to, to kind of choose and uh, find value in, I suppose, and not be like kind of sucking into finding a, a you know, a bad matchup, uh, but for a really good player, but they had a high projection, you know. So, I mean, this seems like a good middle ground, you know. I ended up going with McLaurin, even though it's been rough for Washington pass catchers, pretty much for the same reasons that Lou said. Uh, Washington are going to have to throw the ball to stay in this game. Slightly worried. I thought it might be a shootout, but recently Miami haven't been in those kind of games. They kind of have been uh, not letting people stick around when they've been winning. Uh, but they haven't faced anyone uh, as high-powered as uh, Sam Howell and this, uh, <laughs> this Washington commander's <laughs> offense, if you want to. And, and take that as a commentary on the Patriots and the Jets' offenses. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is just a bit of an old-fashioned hunch this week. Nice. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Lou? Uh, it's a great one for this week at wide receiver for me. I don't know whether it's because of this team's red-hot streak or because of, of my pretty decent projection beaters week last week, but I finally have the confidence to recommend our collective favourite player of the podcast, Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Hmm. Projected 13.4 points. So, yeah, uh, Broncos are red hot. Five-game winning streak against some very decent teams. The defence much improved and the offence has been doing what it's needed to to win. And within that winning streak, it's been clear to see that Sutton is once again establishing himself as the leader of this wide receiver room. Uh, Over the past five games, Sutton has led the Broncos in targets, receptions, receiving yards and led all skill position players in touchdowns. Uh, as for fantasy football, he hasn't completely gone off in any of these weeks, but he's had over 16 fantasy points in three of the five games, and I think could be due a very decent showing this week against a Texans defence that has become a bit of a pass-funnel defence, really. They've been giving up over 290 passing yards per game over the past three weeks. These are certainly two of the more interesting and informed teams in the league. The over-under reflects that, 48.5, which is the second highest of any game this week. I think it's going to be a competitive one. I, I do want pieces in it, and I think Sutton is the clear number one option of this entire Broncos offense this week. Okay, and we'll finish off looking forward to week 13 with your game tiers, Sharples. What have we got in the tier list of games this week? Uh, pretty even split. Uh, we've got... a. Three in the bad, four in the mare, four in the good, and two in the great. Starting off with the bad, we've got the Jets against the Falcons, Steelers against the Cardinals, Ooh. and the Buccaneers against the Panthers. No arguments here. I love how you deliver that like you're on countdown as well. <laughs> like choosing the numbers. Choosing the numbers. Two oh, from yeah. the top, three yeah. from the bottom. I thought you meant that sound <laughs> like a Vorderman. Um, in the Met, <laughs> that as well. Titans, Colts, that's been noted previously. Patriots against the Chargers, Commanders against the Dolphins, and the Jags against the now stinky Bengals. Mm, yeah, that's a shame, but yeah, I agree. A lot of 
pretty good teams there against bad teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, into the good, we've got the Packers against the Chiefs, the Rams against the Browns, the Saints against the Lions, and unbelievably, given where we went in the start of the season, uh, Texans-Broncos. Yeah, Texans-Broncos is probably like the class of that group as well. Mm-hmm. And moving into the great, quite easy to guess this week, we've got the Cowboys against the Seahawks and the Eagles against the Niners. I would say that the Seahawks really need to up the game if that's going to be a great game. Um, that's fair. That's but fair. yeah, 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 agreed. Mm, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I do agree with you. I like, I can personally see the Cowboys absolutely trenching them because the Seahawks have been pretty underwhelming and bad recently but yeah that Eagles 49ers is just when you thought the Eagles Bills game was going to be sort of like the the absolute you know game of the season uh, Eagles 49ers wow that is going to be a game mm-hmm. yes um, but I think that's going to do it for us lads this week it is thanks for joining me again me personally yeah no worries Cheers <laughs> for joining me on my podcast every week. <laughs> um, enjoy week 13. I hope Red Zone is as good as it was last week. It's been pretty good for a few weeks now. Um, and good luck. We hope you secure the playoffs or at least you don't drop out of the playoffs this week because it's business end of the season. It is a business, it is the business end of the season. Yes. Uh, if you've already, if you are already eliminated from the playoffs, thank you for listening because yeah, uh, there's no point. The only, the, I mean, that if you are listening and you aren't in the playoffs, it sort of confirms how good this rapport is between the three of us because there's no other point you're listening because you're rubbish you are are honestly awful if you if you're not in the playoffs at this point you are really crap at fantasy football but thank you for listening i've clinched the playoffs in our main league so i'm just gonna uh, cruise control it this weekend um (laughs) goodbye see ya bye bye